Well, hello everybody. Uh, it's great to be with you. My name is Paul Harcourt. I'm a vicar of a church in North East London called All Saints Woodford Wales. And I'm also national leader of New Wine. And I know many of you will know this, but New Wine is a network of leaders and churches across the country that's spread out now to somewhere between 15 and 20 nations in the world. And we together believe that it's through the local church being renewed in the power of the Holy Spirit that we'll see the nation changed. So I'm really grateful for the invitation that's come from Mark and Meg to speak to you today on this wonderful theme of what comes next. We've been through a life-defining uh, change in the last few months. None of us could have predicted this coming. None of us really, uh, really know what's next, but there's a sense that with God, we can begin to prepare ourselves. This hasn't come as a surprise to the Lord. And so we know that whatever happens next, he'll be there with us. And I was invited to come up with a one word answer for what next, something that might be part of the big picture of what God is doing and how we respond to it. And I think one of the things I wanted to say today is that what comes next is restoration. Now, for many people, restoration will be personal. There's a, a restoration that will need to happen for those who've been physically sick. There'll be a restoration for those who found these months really difficult emotionally. For some, they'll literally be grieving the loss of loved ones. Others will be grieving the loss of jobs. Some will be grieving the loss of plans or opportunities, things that were interrupted and things that have been unsettled by the months that we've been through. For some, there'll be a sense of needing to be restored because the wider community has changed, the economic landscape has changed. This will be a time where we have to rebuild. The great thing to remember is that we do have a God who is a restorer. We have a God who restores his people. He restores my soul, as it says in Psalm 23. Now, God has done this for his people many times over the years, but a particular moment in the history of God's people I wanted to highlight was the time after the period of exile. The history is that God's people had found themselves in exile. They were taken away from everything that they knew. The temple had been destroyed and many of them were carried off to a foreign land and made to serve under a foreign government. And one of the big issues for them is how do we worship? I know for, for most of us, one of the most painful things that has happened during this season has been that we've not been able to gather together to worship in the way that we've been used to before. And the history says that that period was long, but it didn't last forever. The prophets told them that after a generation or two, they would be able to come back. Our hope is that for us, it isn't going to be so long before this virus is behind us and we can come ahead. But the thing we need to think of is that we've been through something which we're not going to quickly recover from. And probably we're going to come back into the new normal, whatever that means, or whatever that looks like. We're going to come back into that gradually. Different people at different times, depending on their own personal circumstances. In the Bible, that period is known as the Restoration because God restored his people to the land and he began to restore worship and he began to uh, restore all the blessings of his covenant back to them. 
Now it was a longer season than they expected and maybe we need to be prepared for that as well. That perhaps it isn't going to be quick and a return to what we're used to. But there will be a day. And so God's people, when they came back in the restoration, came back in at least three waves. We, we know of a return under Zerubbabel, uh, a return under Ezra and a return under Nehemiah. And I wanted to say to you today that one of the interesting things about their return, coming back into the land as a nation, is that they prioritised worship. The first thing that Zerubbabel did was he built an altar and then they began to build a temple. It was only later that they looked at restoring the law to the land and then only last that they actually started thinking about the walls that would protect them from the surrounding nations. During that time, they needed the prophets to encourage them. We know about people like Haggai and Zechariah. And I think that might be something that we're going to need in the coming months. We're going to listen to the prophets who are going to help us learn how to be the people of God in an unusual situation. As we come back, it may be that lots of things will change about the way that we do church, the way that we relate together, about what the wider world looks like. We're going to need the prophets to point us to the great unchanging things of God and to the Holy Spirit who helps us adapt to new things. The prophets were really important because every time God's people got discouraged or when they faced opposition, they would point them back to the God who was completely in control and was able to be there to support them and help them. And I'm just going to read some verses today for you from one of those prophecies. This is from um, Zechariah chapter 4. What they came back to do wasn't always easy or straightforward. In fact, it went forward in fits and starts as possibly our return, our re-entry into church and into normal life is going to. But in Zechariah chapter 4, we read a couple of very famous verses. Firstly, Zechariah has a vision. In his vision, he sees some of the leaders of the land, but he sees um, pouring oil, a sign of the move of God's spirit. And he asks the Lord, what is this? And the Lord says to him very famously in uh, chapter 4, verse 6, the Lord said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So the prophet is given a word to give to the leader that actually the important thing to know is it's not by our efforts, but it's by God's. It's God's power going ahead of us that's going to make the difference. In many ways, we've been given an opportunity during this period of, of lockdown, an opportunity to realise that um, as great as all the externals are, and as wonderful as it is to have people preaching to us or leading worship for us, there's actually something that each of us as ordinary spirit-filled believers has that can never be taken away from us. And that's a personal relationship with God. Some of us have been learning afresh how to feed ourselves spiritually through the Bible. Some of us have been sensing a call to go deeper with God in prayer. When we haven't been able to come for corporate worship, some of us have been learning to worship in new ways or deeper ways in the silence of our homes. God's calling us back to himself. And the reason is because he wants to demonstrate his power in us. That's the hope for the future. 
Now, Zechariah carries on in that vision, interacting with the Lord, and he sees all the obstacles that are in the way. That characterizes them as a mighty mountain. How could this ever, you know, how could this ever change? There's like a mighty mountain of obstacles before us. And a very famous second word from the Lord in that chapter, do not despise the day of small things. And I think those two things together might be something God is saying to us about restoration. Our God is a God who heals and restores. He will heal and restore individuals. Anyone who's hurt, anyone who's troubled, anyone who's found this situation to be really difficult, anyone who's found their circumstances now leave them in trouble, our God is a God who restores. And he does it by his might and his power. And if we're going to be his people, then the confidence we can have is he will also restore his church. He will restore his church in a way that actually enables us to be more fully and deeply the church of Jesus than we've ever been before. And again, not by our might or power or efforts, but by the move of his Holy Spirit. And because that might take time, let's remember that our God is on it. He's able to do it. And let's not despise the day of small beginnings. So let me pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a healing and saving and restoring God. And I want to pray now for anyone who listens to this talk today who's concerned for themselves, who's concerned for the future of the nation or the future of the church in this nation. I pray that they would know that you use these times of wilderness and exile to call people back to yourself, to come back deeply, to learn new patterns of prayer and dependence. And I pray, Lord, that they would know that you will demonstrate your power and your might in the midst of your people. Help us not to despise the day of small beginnings. Keep hope and faith strong in us. And as we rebuild, if it's a rebuilding that's slow, help us to know that you're still in charge and you're going to get us that place where we're healed and whole and where your church can fly, that your church can be the church that you've longed for it to be in this land. We praise you, Lord, for your faithful love and for the power of your spirit restoring us and transforming us day by day. Amen.